You are now listening to Strong in the Saddle, a weekly podcast with the goal to help you get strong in the saddle and maximize your potential as a rider and horse person. Whether you're someone who is looking to make the finals as a professional barrel racer, a dressage rider hoping to advance to the next level, or a recreational rider who just enjoys their horses away from the competition arena, I am here to help you be the best that you can be, both in and out of the saddle, in and out of the competition arena. If you're ready to improve your health and fitness so that you can be the best that you can be for your horse, then you're in the right place. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. And just a reminder that this podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay obtaining medical or health-related advice from your healthcare professional because of something you may have heard on this podcast. The use of any information provided on this episode or any other episode of the podcast is solely at your own risk. So let's get into today's episode. A while back, I did a bit of a series on the podcast about the three macronutrients. I did an episode dedicated to each one, one on protein, one on fats, and one on carbohydrates. Part of the motivation behind those episodes was to educate you on the macronutrients so that you can use macro counting as a way of achieving your goals. Counting macros is a great way to monitor your food intake and ensure that you're staying on track in order to achieve your goals. For some people, counting macros is great, but for others, it does pose some challenges. Probably the biggest challenge for people is that they find the constant tracking and counting a pain. It takes time to put your food into an app and figure out which foods will add up to your macro targets for the day. Furthermore, some people find that macro tracking can really mess with their psychology around eating. It can quickly become an obsession that is obsessive and unhealthy. My My audience that listens to me for the most part are people who have horses and I know all too well that people who have horses are oftentimes short on time. They don't have time for macro counting or for the macro Jenga that I call it that's required to make sure what you're eating fits into your targets for fat, protein, and carbs for the day. Whatever the reason you don't want to or can't do macro counting, there are other options for you. There are many non-macro counting approaches that you can take to ensure that you're still on track for your goals, whether that be getting strong in the saddle, 
improving your overall health, or whatever else. Before we get really too far, though, I do want to give a little caveat. If you have a specific physique goal, there is a certain level of precision required for that. And my suggestions today may not be quite enough to see you achieve those higher end goals. But if you are just starting out in your health and fitness journey, or if your goals aren't super specific or extreme, then these suggestions will definitely be worth your while. When people go on a diet or start some sort of a health and fitness plan, the focus is almost always on what has to be taken away. No eating out, no alcohol, no added sugar, no ice cream, or whatever other rules you've decided to follow. This can feel extremely restrictive and can often result in binge-restrict cycles. You restrict until you hit a point where you can't take it anymore, and then you end up binging on whatever it is that you weren't allowed to have. While I definitely agree that there should be some things that you should take out of your diet if you want just overall health, I really don't think that's the greatest way to approach things. My alternative suggestion to that mindset is to focus on what you can add. Considering that most people don't get enough water or vegetables in in a day, those are definitely the low-hanging fruit that you can tackle first. Um, Can you try drinking a glass of water when you first get up in the morning? Can you add a serving of vegetables at lunch or even at your breakfast? Or how about adding some sort of probiotic like sauerkraut for your gut health? Um, This can help with digestion, which can definitely improve your overall health. Another thing you can try adding, which isn't food related, but is still really important, is sleep. I feel like lots of us skimp on sleep, but it's really important for many, many reasons. It's important for recovery. It's important for stress regulation, hormone regulation. If you can get a bit more sleep so that you get to a point where you're getting at least eight hours of sleep, that would be a great addition for your life. Those are just a few of the ideas, but I think you get the point and start slow with this. Try adding in some cooked fibrous non-starchy vegetables to your meals like broccoli or try to try adding in some more protein. I'm always going on and on about how people can eat more protein so definitely do that and add in water like I said. Another thing you can do to improve your health and fitness without tracking is to reduce or eliminate as best you can any heavily processed foods that are currently in your diet. Processed foods have a magical way of making us eat more than we would if, say, we were eating a steak or a salad. The Lay's chip slogan that I bet you can't eat just one is laughably true. 
you have a handful and before you know it, you're halfway into the bag. Companies that make processed foods are in the business of trying to make you buy their product again and again. How do they do that? They make their food super palatable, meaning that it tastes really good. And what do we want to do when we find something that tastes good? We want to eat more of it. (laughs) In other words, these foods are designed to make you want to eat them and in large quantities. Now, I'm all for eating a piece of cake or cookies or whatever. I love those things and I definitely enjoy them from time to time. But if those are in your diet rotation on a regular basis, I would suggest exercising a certain degree of moderation. Or if you find that you have a particular trouble, particular trouble with a certain food, perhaps eliminate it altogether. Don't buy it. Don't have it in the house. If you do nothing else other than reduce or eliminate processed foods from your diet, I can guarantee that you will see improvements in your health. Why? There's a couple of reasons. For one, processed foods tend to be full of things that don't make us feel the greatest. They're high in sugar, high in sodium, and oftentimes they are high in fats that can actually trigger inflammation in the body. If we look at just the sugar alone, we can see why that's a problem. When you eat a large amount of sugar, your body spikes insulin and you get a sugar rush. But as soon as that wears off, your insulin plummets and you crash. Not only does your energy tank, but you also might experience things like headaches from that quick up and down like that. The second reason eliminating or minimizing processed foods you consume is a good idea is because you're likely going to replace those foods with something else. If you aren't eating processed foods, what does that automatically mean you're eating? Unprocessed foods. And what do those include? Meat, vegetables, fruit, and other foods that are full of micronutrients that make your body happy and perform at its best. And lastly, why I suggest this tactic if you don't want to count macros is because it is likely going to bring your caloric intake down. Processed foods, as I said, are high in sugar and fats in most cases, and this means that they are also super high in calories. If you want to reduce your intake of those foods, your total caloric intake for the day is almost guaranteed to go down. I know we aren't all looking for fat loss, but if you are one of those people who is struggling with your weight, this may be a very good approach for you to try right off the bat. My third suggestion for you if you don't want to count macros is to try your hand at intuitive eating. Now, I will say that I am not a fan when it comes to intuitive eating, especially when it applies to active people. As I've noted in previous episodes, exercise can really mess with your hunger cues, making it complicated to determine how much you should be eating. 
but there may be some merit in trying intuitive eating if you aren't, like I said, aiming for a super high level of fitness and are more just concerned with general health. Intuitive eating is made up of 10 principles that you slowly work to develop over time. One of them is honoring your hunger. And again, as I noted, this can be really hard to do if your hunger cues are messed up because of some intense exercise. Another principle is feeling your fullness. This would involve things like being super present when you're eating, really taking time to enjoy your food, and tune into how your body is feeling throughout the entire meal. I don't know about you, but I really struggle with that. I'm usually in a hurry throughout the day, which means that I tend to speed through my meals and I will work through my lunch. Um, slowing down and being at present at your meals can it can help prevent things like overeating because you're more aware of how your body's feeling if you're getting full. If you're interested in learning more about intuitive eating, there are tons of resources out there now about it since the screw diet culture and all of that has gained popularity. Like I said, I'm not really a promoter of it. If you are the type of person who has specific physique or performance goals, doing something a bit more measured, such as macro counting, is almost a necessity in that case. If that's not you and you just want to be a healthy human being, then by all means, try intuitive eating. You don't have to count macros in order to get to your goals. Some of them, yes, you do. Lots of them, you don't. Although macro counting is a great tool, it's not absolutely necessary. And if you know it will make your goal harder to accomplish, either in the short or long term, don't do it. <laughs> Listen to your body and mind and see if one of the suggestions I talked about today works better for you. One thing is for sure, when it comes to fat loss and dietary changes, slow and steady and moderation really wins the race. Take your time, be patient and kind to yourself and take it one step, one day at a time. And with that, that is it for this week's episode. If you haven't already, be sure to give the podcast a follow on Instagram at Strong in the Saddle. And also be sure to give the podcast um, a rating and review. And if you haven't, be sure to subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. And until next week, remember, it's always a good day to ride.